Hey there, I'm David Novak. I ran Taco Bell, KFC, and Pizza Hut. And like you, I'm always learning so I can be the best leader I can be. That's why I started How Leaders Lead, the first leader-to-leader podcast with CEOs from Target, Pepsi, and Adobe, and greats like Tom Brady, Jim Nance, and Jack Nicklaus. You'll learn how to win, how to bounce back, and how to lead. So listen to How Leaders Lead wherever you listen to podcasts. It's the best podcast on leadership you'll ever listen to. Welcome back to another episode of the Have We Made It Yet podcast. I know I always say this a lot, Josh, but I seriously can't believe how much progress we've made because we're on episode 45. 45. That's, uh, yeah, that's President, okay, form. it's going to be soon to be former President Trump's presidential number, 45. Okay. We'll get to, we'll get to 46. We'll get to 46. All right. All right. But we're taking it. We're taking it, man. And that's the whole thing that really matters right now. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if this is your first time listening to this podcast, it's again, the Have you have We Made It Yet podcast. And it's the podcast where two creatives and their guests talk about the process of making it. I am the actor of Lucas Singh, and I'm joined by my co-host. Josh Yang, the uh, comedian or the amateur comedian, the comedian trying really hard to still stay focused on comedy but you know doesn't happen that much these days you know what with that with that arousing confident push for your craft i'm going to ask this question and i'm Mm. hoping that you can again answer it with a joke yes as is the namesake of the podcast mr josh gang have you made it yet I have not made it yet. And the only little slivers of hope is this pressure that every week I have to, yes. uh, I have to do a joke so that I haven't done before. Um, so we'll go with this one. We'll go with this one. All right. Okay. So <clears throat> attraction is a very interesting thing. Um, people are attracted to different things for different reasons. Uh, some people are attracted to sapiosexuals. Um, if you don't know what a sapiosexual is, it's someone who gets turned on by another person's intellect. Um, I've, I'm a little different, though. I'm more of an egotistical sapiosexual. Uh, I get turned on whenever I'm smart, uh, <laughs> which, is, which is why watching Jeopardy is a completely different experience for me. Uh, I always win at the end. Yeah. Okay. I feel like I could I could throw some other like little jokes in between there and there, just like building upon that uh, idea of like a egotistical self. Like I, you know, when I say something smart, and I want to I want to say like <laughs> I'm not like that because yep. it's all it's kind of like part of the joke, part of the shtick. But I'm not gonna lie. If I say something clever, I'll be like, oh, that was a good one, Josh. That was a good. That was a funny one. So. Um, I get uh, anyway. Anyways, and uh, let's not dive too too deep into my psychosis. Uh, Lucas, hey, hey, have you What's made up? it? <laughs> have you made it yet? No, I have not made it yet. Um, <clears throat> but w- with this new agency that I'm with now, um, I do feel a lot better with my path. And and I had two realizations that I had 
this past week. Um, so the first one being, you know, since like majority, well, hopefully everybody um, is wearing a mask nowadays and everything like that. So I- I'm working at a grocery store right now, you know, because it's a really fluid job that lets me go to auditions and everything. Mm. So I'm wearing a mask like eight hours, nine hours a day kind of stuff. And I'm like l- developing mask knee. Like yes. it's bad. That's and that, that's a real thing. And I was like, huh, that's a clever name when I first heard it. But I'm like, no one gets that until I got it. And I actually have like a problem spot. And then when I was doing auditions, I was for the first time now using my girlfriend's like foundation and then concealer. And I'm finding out because she has a different skin tone than me. I have to get my now get my own makeup now, you know, and I'm realizing more and more. Um, and of course, it's a very obvious thing that I realized. But acting and comedy and everything, your body is actual is actually your vessel. And you need to make sure you treat it right. Of course, acne comes from the mask and also that too, but also comes from like the stress that you have in your mental and your mental state, your lack of sleep, your diet, all that stuff. So to be a good actor, like make sure you take care of your body because if you don't, it will show on your face and you don't want that being out there into the world because unless you're playing that part, I don't know, but like make sure you bring your the best version of yourself because if you don't take care if you don't take care of yourself, it's going to show. Yeah, I mean, especially for like either being on the road for comedians, like all that travel, or if it's for being an actor on set, like those are some crazy hours, right? Like sometimes you'll be on set for like 15 hours into the night, in the middle of the night, and you still got to act like you're not dead tired. And like that's Mm -hmm. that, that can't be good for your body over like, you know, facial or whatever. But, you know, magic of makeup. That's good. That's always good. Yeah, yeah. So um, I'm going to like give Sephora a shout after this. <laughs> no, we need to get that brand uh, deal, Lucas. Nothing for I free. Say, nothing, nothing for free, free on this podcast. Not, nothing for free, even though everything right now is free. Yeah. Josh, we have a third panel today. Oh, yeah. That's what that panel. Yeah, yes, we do. Oh, okay. So, which means we have an amazing guest here. Um, so, okay, I was first made aware of our next guest through a friend that I met at LB Acting Studio. He told me of the agency that he was represented by, and then he went on to, you know, basically tell me that he had some up-and-coming, some A-listers on his roster. Later then, he said our next guest's name, and so I had to see what she was all about. After doing some research about her, I was blown away by her story of perseverance and how the craft of acting is within her own family history. As a side note also, most recently I was flying on an AC flight and I turned on It Chapter 2. Pretty fun movie to watch if you're into horror. I'm not sure if fun's actually the right word, but I I, I like horror. And I noticed that she was was in the movie. And through that, I was like, "I, I, I have to find a way to somehow talk to her. So I'm so excited that she's on the program right now. Our next guest is an incredible actor who has had roles in the aforementioned It Chapter 2. And also, you might know her best as Jen Yu in the hit figure skating drama Spinning Out on Netflix right now. Please give it up for the amazing Amanda Joe. Hi. Hello, hello. How hello. are you? Wow, I'm good. How are you? 
two thumbs up. With, with wow, I must say that's very, very, oh, you guys make me sound, like look so good. So thank you for such kind words. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, as is the names of our podcast, Amanda, have you made it yet? I want to answer, but I really ha- I have a dad joke in the back of my head just because you guys were talking about jokes. Can I please? Yes. Oh my God. Okay. I've been, it's going to get old real soon, but I've been telling everybody this and you might know it already. But what do you, I can like say crude things on this, right? Oh, go yeah. ahead. Okay, go ahead. great. What do you call a cow masturbating? I, well, I have an idea. I don't know if it's going to be the punchline and that might ruin it. Should I guess? Yeah, guess, guess. A mooster baiter? No, that's too easy. No, that's too easy. What's yours? Beef stroganoff. Oh, that's right. That's the other one. I'm such a dork. Okay. <laughs> All right. That's oh. fair. I, I like that turn, turn of phrase at least, because mine was just too easy. Come on, Josh. You, you're better than that. Mooster baiter. <laughs> it's okay. Not a lot of people. I didn't know at first. I was thinking everywhere and I thought it was so good, but it wasn't. It was horrible. This was no, good. It's, yeah. It's good. <laughs> Strogan off. Essentially, that's what I would have. You could technically tie that to the end of my joke because there's a certain amount of. Anyways. It still yeah. works. Yes. It still works. Definitely, still works. Yes. Great. Um, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Sorry. I digress. Wait. Okay. Have I made it yet? Yeah. That was the original question. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Okay, uh, and with my expectation and my goals myself, I would say, no, I have not made it yet. Um, and I will elaborate that. Ab- oh, I will elaborate on that um, in a bit. Uh, <laughs> in some perspective, you could say yes, because for instance, the first time I thought I could be, you know, I have made it. Um, uh, was on spinning out because I got to go to work every day doing what I love. Yeah. And in that sense, you could say, um, yeah, in a way I've made it. However, mm-hmm. myself, again, I'm going back on the no. Um, for me, making it is, uh, it's so it's so ambiguous because it depends on what making it is and what your mm-hmm. goals are. You know, you have, for instance, um, let's say a recurring and well-known commercial actor who's (laughs) on international commercials and stuff. And he or she is absolutely just satisfied with that and don't need anything else. And for that person, you know, he, she, or they, they, um, in that sense, it's making it. Yeah. They've made it. Right. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's about, and I don't know, maybe it's something uh, I will never think I have fully made it because we're constantly auditioning, even if we have made it. So for <laughs> me, it's being able to constantly work doing what I love um, nice. without so much space in between. Right. Mm. Yeah. That's yeah. My, my usual follow up to that is like, what's your it's and making it. But honestly, like consistent work. Uh, that fills up all your gap time would be the ideal dream right now, especially in a pandemic that we're living through. Mm-hmm. My goodness. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, okay. We'll start back from the very beginning of your, okay. of your time in acting and everything like that. Um, I understand that you went to York University and did the yes. acting program there. Um, yes. So like, I'm just wondering for 
for you, uh, how was that degree and the experiences that came along? How has that shaped you as a as an actor and your preparation for roles and everything? I think it gave me the foundation for sure. Uh, there are definitely a lot of um, classical skills that are useful for, to me right now. I remember I was I was uh, filming a show and I had to learn. They made up a language in Warlock. Hmm. <laughs> yes. Damn. And the translation they used phonetics. Hmm. In voice class in the in the acting conservatory, it was mandatory to learn that in order to learn dialects oh. and accents and everything. So that, for instance, was uh, really useful. Hmm. Um, and I think just with theater. It's you. You have room to rehearse and try different things, and and to go and take risks with your character. Whereas、mm. sometimes on set you don't have that time, the luxury of the time to do it. Obviously, you do that work.、Um, yep. So I think it has condensed and, and sped up everything for me.、So、being able to do all of that homework beforehand and preparation and trying different things and really, you know, squeezing it. Um, and then letting it, letting all that work go.、Uh, so for <sighs> me, I I think that's how it has benefited me and or shaped me today.、Mm. Yeah, it definitely gave you to be more of a well-rounded actor than in that case, because I never would have understood like reading dialect would be a necessary skill, but to you, of course, it's a really important skill to have. Yes, yes,、yeah. it's very true.、And And I agree on the whole phonetics thing, where it's like learning it in that class is actually a tangible enough skill in terms of what you're you're using it for. I'm actually I'm thinking of this bit off the side where it's like I feel like everybody should just call every should know phonetics so you could learn each other's names and pronounce it correctly. Like I think you do a great job. Like every time you have anybody、uh, like mention you in an interview or you introduce yourself, you pronounce your、mm -hmm. last name. You know, not so westernized like Joe, or or like, but more with a like an Asian accent, a little bit more of an Asian、um, style to it. And it's something where I'm thinking, like, for me, like Yang, Yang is so kind of heavy and harsh as like an Anglicized version of the last name, when in reality it's more pronounced like Yang, which is a、mm -hmm. tough thing to say. But phonetically, if we all spelled our names like that phonetically, then people would would technically be able to pronounce the names. Better, I guess. I'm just kind of. You just mentioned that, and I'm thinking of that off as a side bit. So, I digress. Either way, another question. No, that's I totally had, though, valid. <laughs> another question I had, though, I'm thinking like because a lot of people would go to university,、um, I guess, to help be able to get a job or be able to like you'll go to these networking events per se. Like going through the York University、uh, program for acting, did it? Did they have something set up where right after you graduate, you're able to? You know, get connected directly into the industry, or are you kind of left by yourself? Ah, yes. Okay, so there is、um, a theater Ontario, and my、mm. last year,、uh, the a few of us and uh, uh, basically、uh, the graduating year, we start preparing. We take a couple of on-camera classes,、um, and then we a lot of things.、Um, it's about creating our own work as well, our own archetype.
mm. bit of our self-directing self-writing to kind I mm -hmm. think that has kind of given us an introduction which is applicable to both theater and um, uh, on camera uh, yeah. but theater Ontario uh, basically is this platform where schools go their conservatories go to perform uh, their monologues and pieces um, and it's open to an audience and that audience uh, will consist of agents or casting directors, oh, okay. et cetera. Ooh. So that definitely opens up uh, a path. Some people do get calls or an email right after of expressing mm -hmm. interest. Some people uh, may not. Um, and that's okay because there are other ways. That, mm. I think that's what's so great about Toronto because I don't know, because we are smaller, a lot of things are very, or you know what? Scratch that. It's the acting community or the artistic community in general. I feel like even though it can be so competitive, there are so many sources out there. There are so many oh. um, um, <clears throat> colleagues out there who are still, you know, like, oh, yeah, you know what? Just go to this class or this teacher. You know, a, even a word or a recommendation is all you need because then mm -hmm. that that opens up to a different platform of meeting new people or, or um, new experiences that kind of point you to your next direction of mm -hmm. where you go or to meet certain people that you need to meet or perhaps may deal with somebody etc and it just kind yeah. of forms that way there is no yeah. formula i have <laughs> been asked like what's your secret how did you i, I literally just i stayed proactive i was yeah. and am very tenacious um <laughs> uh, i but not pushy you know i try there's no hurt hurt in trying um, <laughs> and if it's a no, it's a no, then I'll go different way. And it kind of has just formed itself. Mm -hmm. um, sorry, that answers your question. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I kind of go off. <laughs> no, no, it's perfect because like LB Acting Studio, well, like one of the premier acting studios that we have in Toronto there has a great network of alumni and former students that are willing to help and willing to coach if, if you're willing to put in the work. And that's what I really found useful. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Um, you mentioned a bit about your tenacity and your perseverance there. Um, through researching you, I, I understand if, please correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, with family, it seems like it's a big part of your identity there too. Uh, you had mentioned that your mother was the strongest person you know with immigrating to Canada at a time of civil unrest within China. And, you know, basically putting in all her effort into raising you and your sister into giving the best childhood that you can have there. Um, with instilling that type of work ethic your mom had, what type of basically attributes that you take from your mother so that you can put into your acting and persevere through whatever hardships you may have? So what kind of attributes that my mother have that I, or that I have gotten from her is what you're saying. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And have trans have applied that to myself. Oh, mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's a loaded question, <laughs> but in general, I would have to say just by observing her, um, mm. by immigrating here and, you know, sometimes I would complain about certain things with the fact that, you know, she could have, she did all this when coming here with basically nothing, mm -hmm. um, working so many hours, um, if she can do it, I can do it. I, you know, I'm, I'm privileged, my, my mother, no, uh, worked hard to provide for <laughs> us. So um, 
there is no excuse. And it might seem very harsh or aggressive, but in the, at the end of the day, if things don't work out, um, I can blame whoever I want, but at the end of the day, it's, I only have myself to blame. And wow. so I see my mother as an example, <laughs> as motivation. And also whenever I am down, my mom is absolutely, okay, she's hilarious. She has this thing about her, sorry. She's like, even if she's, you know, maybe it's also just a parental thing, I think. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and it, even if I'm wrong, I'm right kind of thing. <laughs> I know everything. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. for me, but you know, that kind of, then she kind of, she was becoming my cheerleader with that same essence. Aww. And so when I had downtime, she would all be like, have more confidence yourself. You know, you say, I'm just the best. Look at me. Mom does that. I'm like, yeah, mom, you know what? You're right. I have to be my own fucking best friend. I need to do this. Like, and yeah. it's, yeah. So those watching her is my motivation and, you know, obviously her support and love. Oh man! Like <laughs> what I find with this craft is, and I think we talked about this in previous episodes, but like, especially in acting, you have to be your biggest advocate. You have to be your biggest cheerleader. But when you have your parents who are also like cheering you on too, it really matters a lot, and it gives you that extra boost to just go a little bit further. Yeah, it. it mind you, we have our fights, and obviously, you know, my mom's like, you know, acting's not everything. You must have a fallback. You must have a fallback. Oh. Of course, she, you know, but. <laughs> She yeah. did. She wasn't like, you know, no, don't do that. So I was very uh, lucky in that sense as well. Uh-huh. So yeah. You just touched upon that briefly, but I also, from researching you too, like your grandma was also an actor too. Um, how did your family take it when you told them that you wanted to pursue a craft like your grandma and, and going forward? How did, you, how did your family take it? Uh, exactly what i just said you know okay if you want to do it but you've got to have something stable yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's literally what you know it's great but it's it's tough so <laughs> do you remember um do you remember any stories about like uh, your grandmother's kind of experiences like was there any advice that i guess was passed down through the generations about pursuing this uh unfortunately because she passed away so young Mm. um 37 uh i i just remember her as being this amazing icon during the jazz era in shanghai and i've seen some of her movies um unfortunately i only remember the tragic stuff because i've heard her tragic stories but without any words being directly said to me, any, any physical or tangible words, I kind of learned through that to, you know, for, for me, I, I, it's, and, and my, and with my friends, like I love helping them and they help me too. And like, there's just a huge love fest and everything, mm-hmm. but sometimes um, without intent, like I'm not trying to, intentionally do this but I do exhaust myself and sometimes I get hurt and I think this happens to the best of everyone or and worst of everyone so it's Mm -hmm. it's I think by hearing those stories about my grandmother just um kind of taught me to also don't forget to protect yourself Um, I love that yeah yeah but some and sometimes I feel like I overthink as well 
unfortunately, mm-hmm. because of that. So I'm trying, yeah. I'm still figuring it out. Um, I'm figuring the balance. Yeah. <laughs> oh, self-care is so important yeah. right now. Well, ex- well, not just right now, but like in general. Oh my yeah. God. Um, yeah. Uh, let, let's talk a bit more about your, like your figure skating past and everything like that too. Um, of course, I'll go into spinning out and everything. Uh, but you had mentioned in a previous interview that you had to let go of the competitive aspect of figure skating as acting is not a competition there. Um, can you go into a bit more detail about the aspect of acting as not a competitive sport? Um, yeah. So in terms of figure skating, it's, I guess it's about, uh, my attitude towards myself. Mm-hmm. I think, I think, um, acting like earlier, we are our own cheerleader and it's, it's about kind of trusting more of the unknown and the mm-hmm. skills we've developed and the work that we put in. Cause sometimes being on set, you're not sure you don't watch yourself. You just feel it. And you're like, Oh, maybe I did a bad job. Maybe it's, and it's hard not to go into that as from outside. It might seem so like self indulgent, but unfortunately mm-hmm. it we're in a field that does play with our insecurities um, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So uh, it, it's hard not to be hard on myself, especially with yeah. my figure skating past. Cause it's like, I wasn't perfect. I didn't, it's like, it's like the skating, like I didn't land every jump. <laughs> I fucked up, you know? And whereas yeah. I think in terms of acting there, there has, there's more room for forgiveness of that. And it's more of like self character. And it's like, you know what, this can work too. That can work too. Cause mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, more than one way works. And sometimes I'm fixated on a certain way or a certain way I have, I have thought of this character or thought of this scene. And I kind of I trap myself, first of yeah. all. And second of all, um, when that happens, it's also when I don't, when something else happens, I'm like, oh man, I, I missed this. And like, oh God, I fucked up. Now, like everybody's pissed off. I feel like it just, yeah. <laughs> and then I have to talk to myself again, be like, oh my God, Amanda, chill. There are yeah. more important uh-huh. things. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Uh, were there moments of breakthrough that you had that you remember early on in your career, which you kind of changed that mindset? that you can show some examples of? Oh, I'm trying to think of a specific moment. Um, I think just watching playbacks of certain things kind of put my own doubt at ease uh. and, and kind of just in a way, I think it's a muscle that you have to exercise. And one of my girlfriends and I, we would talk about this in terms of just self-care and self-support mm-hmm. that it's a it's a muscle to exercise so same thing with um just by watching myself I exercise that muscle being like you know what I'm gonna detach myself for a second and just see this as it is stop picking on everything like if you mm-hmm. don't love yourself how are you know other people going you have like again you are your number one cheerleader and yeah I I had to learn how to not be like the constant competitor and my own enemy and being like, everything has to be perfect and be like, you know what? I am an artist and I'm doing great. And I yeah. have built the skills I've put in the work. So, and mm. it's, it's detaching myself from my own judgment. If that makes sense. Mm. Yeah. Yes. And, and I feel like it's, it's something that all of us um, not only just say like pursuing something that's objectively, it's, it's so subjective in terms of performance, sometimes it, um, 
material yeah. that is like it's hard to really ask yourself to be perfect or to to hit something like 10 out of 10 because that, that it's always going to be subject you're never going to hit yourself 10 out of 10 and i feel like especially for say asian families we all grow up under a bit of that that guise of like mm -hmm. always a straight a's you got to be perfect there's no anything less than that you know you're a failure and i feel like to a certain degree that's kind of ingrained in all of us asians to a to a certain extent i'm wondering mm. i'm wondering then like in terms of say like dealing with certain family pressures that i'm sure like a lot of us like asian artists trying to pursue this will have to balance that out and try to you know mitigate expectations like do you have any advice on how to deal with family in terms of that kind of perfection narrative um Lie and pretend you're doing something else, but keep doing what you love. I oh, know, I'm kidding. <laughs> Yo, that actually comes up quite a bit. So I think uh, that's something to consider in the beginning and then later maybe like break it in slowly. But like that totally, I've, I've done that. A couple of our other Asian guests have also done that. So that's totally, there's a trend there. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but um, because for me, I, again, I, I didn't have that kind of pressure. I'm not mm. sure if I have anything to say, but what I can say is because every time my mother kept saying, oh, you need a fallback, you know, you need something stable just in case. I'm not saying stop acting. Mm. I would say, okay, yeah, I know, but I love acting. And um, my stubbornness mm. won her over. Mm. Yeah. With that's what a, I love, so yeah. I think that's that's an that's an appropriate um, response as well because I always I keep saying this. I feel like when it comes to parents, it's kind of just they're always just worried about um, like you as a as a kind of like economically financially stable. I think that's that's almost at the forefront because that's how I feel like that's how like Asian parents kind of express love. It's always like either through food or just like worrying about like how you're doing, blah blah blah. So, like, I think that's that's fair. Oh, I totally lost where I was going. I had a good I, I had a good point. Lucas, take it take it from me. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, I I did want to ask you a few questions about your character that you played in Spinning Out There. Um, <clears throat> so, your character of Gen Yu, I think, has a pretty cool story arc. There is an incredible one that you know has to go through a lot of a lot of like relational issues and also familial issues to get to where she is at the very end of the show. Um, you know, you have to combine athletic prowess with your acting prowess going into that audition. Can you go into a bit more detail about what you had to do to prepare for the audition and eventually what you think you did to separate yourself to get that part? Uh, yeah, I need to like dissect this, this question for a sec. Um, okay. Mm -hmm. I just drew from some, oh, I went on a whole journey. Sorry, this was a while ago. So I'm trying to like think back. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I had to go to some places. Uh, I didn't necessarily want to go to, but I, I went there some bad experiences to kind of um, because the writing is so good and it does mirror some of the intense, um, I guess, bullying or intense um, cattiness that happens 
in oh. the figure skating world. Mm. Um, and from my own personal experience, it's worse than high school. So, <laughs> God damn. Uh, yeah. So, um, and again, it's maybe subjective, but that's my experience. Um, mm-hmm. So it's, uh, it's just going there. And then, and actually I was, I got after kind of opening that door and getting used to it, I got excited about it because I get to speak up for those mm-hmm. who, are go- who, who went through or are going through this younger kids and who can relate or Mm -hmm. specifically an Asian um, female athlete, young athlete and going through all of these relationship dynamics and trying to be fighting for yourself, but not bringing it home. Yeah. Um, It's yeah. It it was, I felt it was a very necessary story. And on top of that, the mental health and all the shared um, issues among with my castmates being able to tell that <clears throat> story as a whole, it was more yeah. than just a figure skating show. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There is a scene that, that still sticks out to me. Um, and it, it's basically just basically you breaking down in front of your dad saying like, you know, I, I didn't go to college. I don't have a fallback. It was basically just re- revealing to her dad that she has nothing else but figure skating um you know that intent that intention that that rawness of that emotion um did i guess my question is for this um where did you draw that emotion from uh my own personal experiences Mm. Mm -hmm. yeah Um, is it yeah, it, from my own, like, again, from my own skating uh, experiences or, like, certain pressures that I felt that kind of desperation. Um, mm-hmm. What specifically? Well, maybe I'll tell you another time. But, uh, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but definitely um, from my own experiences. And I was able to find commonality, even, even if it's not exactly the same situation. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because because just that scene really spoke to me. But um, no. yeah, but Sorry, the pressure to, to, <laughs> oh, to talk about like this pressure in general is very common, especially for young athletes um, or athletes in general, because it's kind mm-hmm. of you put everything online for this and this is your world. It's all or nothing. Mm-hmm. So when you don't have it, it really feels like you fail and you have you have nothing else left. At least that was like was very much in the forefront for me when <laughs> I was training way, way, way back then. Oh my God. Yeah. That's a great yeah. take. <laughs> yeah. Um, I also do like how your character is, it kind of starts off in terms of the arc. Like it starts off a little bit like uh, just a best friend, support a best friend of mm-hmm. the main character. And then it gets a little, little bit more gritty. Then you, you turn into like a friend of me halfway through and then straight up, like at the end, it's like, no, we're not friends. Like you've done shit to me. And it's like, this is it. It's, it's over. Um, in terms of, in terms of kind of that, that arc, how was being able to have the opportunity to dive into that character? Like, did you, were you able to separate yourself from Jen or did you feel like you're able to embody that character more with your own personality? I, 
Okay, I have so many thoughts going on. Let me go one at a time. Okay, so I was able to embody more of, with my personality, that side that is more like Jen, because when I love my friends, I love hard. Mm. And that's very true as Amanda. And so when I feel, but but also in my past, I feel like I have been walked over on and that Mm. has happened. And so that I was also able to draw uh, Amanda as Jen. So um, that was very near. It was a short walk to access those feelings and um, that relationship uh, with Kat. Uh, So I'm very, I was very familiar with it. And so when that happens and it's like, okay, you know what? I I'm very forgiving. I want to forgive her because that's how much I love her. I love her like family, you know, no matter how much you hurt me, you're still, I will always forgive you. And so it was about that. But then I feel like towards the end, it was about becoming my own person. Mm -hmm. And I saw it as that. So for, for me at the end, it was kind of because they made up and as Amanda, I would probably kind of, try to still figure things out and not have things say, no, we're not friends anymore. So for me, I had to kind of go a little bit more extreme to, Mm -hmm. you know, okay, my best literally just betrayed me and not just once, twice, three, four, five times. And I've been walked over so much and I need to draw a boundary. And I had to go, I had to go there and kind of really pull outside of my own uh, experiences. Yeah. Did you ever... I always wonder this with with actors specifically because like you're sometimes being asked to be put in a situation you're not familiar with, but you got to draw some information, draw mm-hmm. some internal emotion from and then be able to let it out. Like, did you ever get a sense of like catharsis through any of that? Like being able to like let go of like whatever emotion may be, uh, especially for like letting yourself uh, become more of that kind of uh, character that say is like, you know, uh, exercising being walked on that type of thing like did you did you ever get a bit of catharsis when you're when you were diving into that character through through that process uh, I'm trying to think um, yeah I would say so definitely there were a couple scenes there for sure and some other scenes it was just like i'm reliving reliving a situation and or i'm living a similar situation i dealt with it differently and this is this way okay cool and then it is what it is and i'm just i'm there working and um what's cool about it is is uh i was able to draw from really close experiences so but yes there were so sometimes no but there were a couple scenes where it was cathartic to answer your question and it was so cold. I was like, oh my God. <sighs> but that's why I say acting is like therapy. Yeah. It is so therapeutic. Oh my God. <laughs> was it uh was it therapeutic to like call January Jones a, a fucking bitch? Just I remember that one scene because that was like boom. I nailed. was scared shitless. Sorry to cut you off. I was scared shitless. I was going down like oh shit, can I say that? Like, oh my God, you know, I, I didn't, <laughs> like, yeah. oh my God, oh my God, I'm cheating in my pants. I don't know if I should be actually swinging her, but no, it's my job. It's okay. <laughs> I, I did want to ask how you felt about that because there is something to, that comes with like being new uh, on a set and, and like seeing somebody like January Jones, who's, who's been in Mad Men, like this bigger than life, who played a bigger than life character. 
it's like oh i gotta call her a, a fucking bitch to her face it's like oh that's yeah, i was so nervous. that's intimidating and, and shit yes i was very nervous i'm like holy fuck this is okay wasn't me it was the writers it wasn't me <laughs> yeah I oh think my. I think you did a great job in terms of like getting that delivered the line. You got that emotion across. Um, how was how was that kind of experience of working on set with with some of these these names that is like intimidating names, but in terms of you know day to day, everybody's in peers. You you end up working through. So how was that experience in the beginning? I'm like, oh, I have to hold my own. This is like my biggest role yet, and I can't. <laughs> you know, we all it's we're all about telling the story, and I'm. I'm I'm playing Kaya's best friend in the show and it's like oh my god I you know she can hold her own but I have to hold my own too and I yeah. because I am her best friend I if I if I look bad I make her, I could probably make her look bad as well in the scene so I put a lot of pressure on myself yeah oh my god yeah, yeah. that oh man I can't believe you said that to January Jones to this day though that's badass um can you yeah can you share with us any upcoming projects that you might have coming up the horizon or anything that you'd want to be on uh i i just finished filming i was a guest on uh hudson and rex so nice yes it'll be episode three i mean season three episode 11 i believe yes yeah awesome so definitely awesome. catch. Okay. I do a little bit of a uh, teensy bit of action. <laughs> it's a fun character, Ooh. definitely. Um, is that yeah. is that also something like? To... Oh, sorry. Is that something? Is that an area that you'd uh, kind of on the top of your list? Getting into a little bit of the action. Oh. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yes, I would love to. Is there uh, okay? No. Who who's your who's who's your person that like you would kind of look up to in terms of those type of uh, action films is like oh shit i want I'm, i want to get into that because they did it so cool uh okay michelle yao for sure 100 percent. yes OG. yes mm-hmm. um but uh definitely you know you've got your it isn't just one person mm-hmm. i would have to say but i would have to say it's like movies classics hero crouching hidden tiger all yeah. Jackie Chan movies, all Jet Li movies. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Zhang Ziyi, even her, like, I saw, I remember her flipping, you know, through, and I'm like, oh, my God, that's so cool. Like, oh, <laughs> and then the, her acting and then just being that strong woman, I think mm. it's so awesome to, and I'm not saying their non-action roles aren't portraying strong women because I would love to do that as well, like dramatic roles that, oh, but um, being to, to play with your body maybe it's because it's also like the athlete in me being mm-hmm. in my body it's it's so uh, another kind of catharticism if you will mm. yes yeah. <laughs> yeah oh my god every everybody hey i everybody loves the superhero moment i mean that's yeah. that's why like simu Liu, he's gotta he's gonna hit that asian pinnacle he's gonna break yes representing for that. us yes <laughs> so happy for him <laughs> first one eh First, yeah, Sanji. first one. Yeah, I hope it's good. From Toronto. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's there are other firsts, but yeah, you need to know I, what I mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. awesome. Um, should we do word association right here? Yes. Oh, let's yeah. try it. Let's do it. Let's do word association. So, for 
any listeners who are not familiar with uh, this little game of ours we play at the end. Um, it's a bit of a palate cleanser. We've talked through some of this deep stuff. We're getting into our emotions. Let's let's just let it all go. Clear our heads. Uh-huh. And then try, think of the first thing that comes to your mind when uh, I go through my list of 10 words and then Lucas goes through his list of 10 words. So okay. let's so clear your mind like a uh, leaf on the wind. Um, okay, so I'll go through my first 10 words. First word, family. Mother. All right. <laughs> okay, so second word, clear your mind. Pineapple. Juice. Rain. Umbrella. Alone. Sad. Motivation. Go. (laughs) Kumquat. What? (laughs) Kumquat. What? (laughs) Oh, that's fair. You know what? Other people have asked that question as well. So that's a, okay. <laughs> Fair response. Next question. Mountain. Ooh. Tightrope. Yeah. Satisfied. All right. And finally, ending. The end. <laughs> <laughs> that was a journey that was a journey that okay. was we went through a bunch of different things i saw it but it's not using words i hope that's okay <laughs> Perfectly I'm, being, fine. I'm following my impulse Imp- that's what we want that's what we want mm-hmm. <laughs> awesome um are you ready for the next 10 oh my gosh okay, <laughs> okay <let's go. laughs> all right all right all right We'll hit it hard. We'll hit it hard. Okay. Zen space, comet, and everything. It'll be cool. It'll be cool. Okay. First word of 10. Story. (laughs) You said the first thing that comes to my mind, right? Yeah. (laughs) Perfect. Perfect. Moving on. Moving on. Conflict. Okay. Trouble. Great. Great. Oh, okay. Legacy. Path. Oh, uh, skating. Hard. <laughs> Hulk smash. Okay. <laughs> uh, uh, character. Passion. Uh, push. Fall. Antagonist. One. Oh. Competition. Tough. Shanghai. Artsy. And the last one, Amanda. (laughs) 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 Give it up for Amanda. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you guys so much. (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah, I yeah. Just do an episode of like just I don't know, like rounds of these, and be make it a game. Invite a few of us on, and I don't know, it could be really fun. Ooh, like a March Madness. Do. Yeah, March Madness yeah. Of, of just word association games. Yeah. Nice. Oh my god. <laughs> um, yeah. where can people find you, Amanda? 
Uh, you can follow me on Instagram. Right now, I'm just kind of keeping a bit of a low key, but I am on Instagram at the Amanda Zo Z H O U. Nice, nice. Yes. Cool. Um, also, yeah, please watch her on Spinning Out and also watch of her on Hudson and Rex. Or is it the other way around? Hudson, no, you got it. Hudson okay. and Rex. Awesome. I don't know when it's coming out yet. We just finished some AVR, so I obviously in the new year sometime. So cool. Uh, cool. Keep a lookout and nice. continue to watch these guys. Guys. Uh, okay. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, she's shouting us out. It's feel I feel so feel so loved. Feel so loved. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Well, what are your handles, Josh? Uh for me at Josh Yang Comedy across everything. And uh, also don't forget to listen to the Sleep with Josh podcast. It's where I read random things in my boring monotone voice to help you go to sleep. The last episode I released. I need that. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. I got okay. a lot of boring stuff on there. I read the dictionary. I read laws. Um, I counted sheep for an hour. So you could always listen to that. Recently, actually, I got into chess. So I'm starting to read a chess book, which I think is interesting, but probably to everybody else, not so much. I probably won't fall asleep with that. I do like that. You guys watched Queen's Gambit. Oh my God, oh, yeah. so good. Honestly, so good. 100%. <laughs> uh, but yeah, do that. And uh, yeah, Lucas, Lucas. What are your handles? Um, everyone can find me at, on Facebook and on Instagram at Lucas John Ng. NG again, no vowels in that last name. And uh, f- follow and subscribe to this podcast at HWMIY Podcast, wherever you listen to your podcast. If you want the audio version, it's wherever, all platforms. But if you want the good stuff, the video portion of this, you will find us on YouTube then. Um, yeah, give it up for Amanda again. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for having me, guys. Honestly, awesome. stay safe and be well. Yes. And uh, feliz COVID. Someone said that to me recently. I'm, I'm, I'm using it. Yes. <laughs> All right. Awesome. See you all next <laughs> week. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 